Did you call bank? I call game. <laughs> Welcome to the last calling bank of the year. Our final one for 2018. We will be back in 2019, don't worry. Uh, but it's going to be a big, big episode. Yes. A lot of things happening. We've got our games of the week. We've got our headlines, which our is very trade-focused tra- trade this week. It is. Well, there was a lot of big trades happening, of course. The trade, you know, deadline was... The, the start of the trade season was... Well, the 15th of 15th. December, the players that got signed in the summer of 2018 can yep. start to be traded. Exactly. So we've seen a bit of movement going on. And stay till the very end of the episode because we have huge interviews. We've got Javel McGee on the show, Danny Green, Dante Exum and Paddy Mills all coming on the show. We've got interviews with them. So make sure to stay tuned. They'll, they'll be at the end of the episode. Uh, so It's like a continuation of the last episode. It is a little right? bit of a continuation. Look, it's only been about a week between drinks. So That's true. we're pretty keen for some big NBA interviews. But let's start with the games of the week. And yep. we'll... Do you want to take us to the first game of the week? So I think this week? it's funny this week because we're just Eastern Conference focused. You know what? The Eastern Conference has shaped up to be a lot more impressive. Granted, the West is separated by like two games yes. from like first to, you know, Houston essentially. Mm, yes. But the East, surprisingly good. Look, I'm going to focus on my, my game of the week on two teams we'll probably never speak about again. God willing. God willing. <laughs> um, so, to be fair, as I mentioned to you before the show, Harry, I was going to talk about the Mavericks v. Suns because I really yep. wanted to talk about the whole Luka Doncic. I thought he was going to be the first pick and then he ended up falling to third pick, which was just dumb. Which ended up being fifth pick. Ended up being fifth pick. Ridiculous. Um, so, the, the whole Doncic v. Aiton story. But when the game ends 99-89, to Aiton only gets seven points. It's pretty hard to talk yeah, about. Yeah, look, it wasn't a great game. I watched a bit of it. It was. I mean, it was Dallas, who are a good team, versus Suns, who are not a good team without no. Devin Booker as well. No. Like Dirk played, which was amazing. Great to see Dirk. Well, the Suns won. Yeah, look, he played six minutes. I yes. didn't think it was a whole big hullabaloo. I think it was like one of two with two points. He exactly. didn't do much. Exactly. Um, but let's speak about your game of the week. Yes. So I'm. Gonna, we're going to talk about the New York Knicks versus the Charlotte Hornets. Was this the game where it was the buzzer beater? No. No buzzer beater. Because there was a buzzer beater by the Hornets. Not this by, game. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, I think. Not this game. Okay. This game was simply an overtime game. But why I really wanted to focus on this, um, we have a lot of people I know are Knicks fans, which okay. was weird. And so I actually want to <laughs> it's, focus it's on the Knicks. It's sad more than weird, I'd yeah. say. Look, yeah, it is sad. They'll win one day. <laughs> one day. When Porzingis <laughs> leaves the team, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, but I actually gave... I actually like this team for a few reasons. They're, they're young. Mm. I like their coach, Dave Fitzdale. I do like Fitzdale. Fitzdale is great. Um, And you know what? They're tanking a little bit this year, but they're trying. And I I appreciate that. So why this game? They'll look proudly upon this game. If they look over the course of the season, this is a win that the Knicks shouldn't have gotten. Because if you look, before the game, the Knicks found themselves shorthanded. They started the game with only 10 active players, finished the game with 8 after centre Mitchell Robinson sprained his ankle in the first quarter, and then Frank Nilikina sprained it, sprained his ankle in the third quarter. Can I just say, Mitchell Robinson's actually been quite good as their backup centre. Yeah, I've been, been impressed by him, in fact. But you'll be impressed by a different centre okay. in this game. The Knicks had lost five straight going into this game. They are also playing a Hornets team that had won three straight before this game and were 10-5 and five at home. So really, you're looking at this and you're like... New York's not going to win. New York's not going to win. They've got no chance. They've got no chance. Maybe if they get Melo and uh, Marek Stoudemire back. Oh, oh, those are the glory days. Marek loves Israel too much. He's not going to come back. That's true, actually. Um, so... And the game started exactly how the odds kind of was panning out. Charlotte led by 17 after one quarter. They took a 72-53 to 53 lead at half time. No. They were up by 21 in this game. Who's shooting for this team besides Kemba? 
Kemba, Marvin Williams. Okay, Marvin Williams having um, a good day. And Nick Batum was having a good day, but I'm not focusing about Charlotte. Okay, you Charlotte, want... Charlotte, Charlotte. Charlotte is going to lose be... Kemba Walker and then start tanking. Yeah, maybe. Poor Michael, he's going to cry. Yes, exactly. Um, but really, let's talk about the Knicks. The Emmanuel Moutier show. I don't talk about Emmanuel Moutier very often. I don't think anyone talks about Emmanuel Moutier very often. Well, we're going to talk about him because he scored 29 points after halftime, finished the game with a stat line of 34 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, Two steals and shot 67% from the field. I mean, this doesn't happen often for Emmanuel Moutier. Like, He's had a good You year. look at uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., that's that's the Knicks. Yes. Enos Kanter, that's the Knicks. You don't look at Emmanuel Moutier and be like, you know what? This is the centre of our team. But this y- is the guy. You know who I'm going to talk about even more that you've who? got? No idea who that is. Luke Cornett. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. I hadn't heard of him either. And then he started playing this game. Luke Cornett played centre, so he basically replaced... Um, well, who did you just mention? Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, who got oh, injured. And his, in his, and his canter. canter. So Ines Canter actually just sat on the bench because Luke Cornett was playing. Luke Cornett ended up a game... He was a player, actually, before this game, was about to be waived because oh they signed Alonzo Trier yeah. on a two-year deal from his two-way contract. They had to waive someone. And they were like, Luke Cornett or Ron Baker? Luke Cornett, Ron Baker. Oh, they got to get rid of Ron Baker. They got rid of Ron Baker. Thank goodness. <laughs> so Ron Baker's no longer an NBA player. Um, but Luke Cornett Can is. I just say, it's surprising that he has been an NBA player for this long. <laughs> they gave him a big deal as well. It was like yeah. a six or seven mil deal. Jeez, or even nine, actually. Um, so he was about to get waived. But you know what? In this game, he scored 13 points, <laughs> three blocks, six rebounds, shot three of five from three. That is a modern-day center right there. Ended up a plus 18 in the game, Jeez. played 24 minutes, all in the second half. And this was the same Luke Cornett that before this. He was played average... 24 minutes all... He played the entire second half. And overtime, remember. Oh, but, and overtime. But okay, to be yeah, fair, yeah, that's fair 24 of the 29 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. That's Cantor on the bench. Yeah. Um, this was the same Luke Cornett that before this game averaged 3.3 minutes a game and had played 10 G League games this year. Wow, what a superstar. superstar. I reckon this is this is like, you know, Andre Ingram for the Lakers? Yes. When he played, he played like, uh, you know, one game. He had 19 points, shot like... Seven of eight or something Everyone's ridiculous. Everyone's so excited. Everyone's, I think this is the same thing. Probably. Credit to Coach Dave Fitzdale. We talked about him at the start of the game. The thing that changed this game at halftime is he changed the defensive scheme. They went from a two zone defense, yeah. which worked quite well. Charlotte didn't really know how to handle it. And they stuck with the players with a hot hand. He kept Cornette in. He kept Moutier in. I know they didn't really have any bench, but yeah. he kept them in anyway. Um, the Knicks came back in the fourth quarter. They outscored Charlotte 35-20. to 20. Wow. Which is a big fourth quarter. Kemba Walker did have a chance to win it for the Hornets in regular time. Missed a three-pointer with about eight seconds left. Look, you can't expect him to do everything. He exactly. tries. He tries. In overtime, Cornette, Hardaway Jr., start the period. Back-to-back three-pointers. Put the game in the Knicks' control. Kevin Knox, though. Again, another rookie in the Knicks. What a great rookie. To be fair, he's been okay. He's been he fine. Okay. He's, been, I, he's, been, he's also been right home about. You know, he's not being that amazing. He's no Mo Wagner. I give really. him hope. I give him, <laughs> I give him some hope. I think he's better than Mo Wagner. Every, I mean, Mo Wagner's played about five minutes in the NBA. So. Kevin Knox did try to make this game interesting. I mean, he did score 19 points in this game. He did try to make it interesting. He missed two free throws with less than five seconds left. And Knicks were only up by two at this stage. Ken Walker got the rebound and then basically ran the floor, but then missed the layup on the buzzer. So final score. Knicks, Kyrie did that in, a, in the game we're going to speak about. We'll Later as well, about so that. we'll get there, but yeah. Final score, Knicks 126, Hornets 124. Charlotte's still in the playoffs, though, because they're... I mean, they've got a losing record, but they're still seventh in the East. because yeah, that's the difference between the East, the top four teams in the East, phenomenal. The rest of them, filth. Yes. West is... Top five, top five. Top five. Yeah, okay, but the West's top 
11 13 13 <laughs> yeah other than Suns besides the Suns really yeah. everyone's in it exactly while well, the Knicks go to 9 and 21 look as I said the Knicks have a few players that have actually impressed me this year and have a core not a core I wouldn't say core but they have young it's players it's young players young players are actually doing really well like unexpectedly Emmanuel Moutier people wrote him off he's doing okay he's Kevin Knox rookie doing fine. well Noah Vonley he's playing quite well playing quite well Mitchell Robinson Trey Burke Alonzo Trey Trier. Burke is not that yeah, he's had, but he's had decent. He's had, yeah, but he's injured at the moment. He's injured at the moment. Okay, look, they're an interesting team. Sorry, Hornets fans, I, I didn't even talk about your team. I don't really want to because their um, team's gonna be different midway through the season. Come February, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm gonna finish it with a Fitzdale quote. I love these kids. They never cease to amaze me in both ways. Trust me. They do some stuff where I go, what are they doing? <laughs> and then they do stuff like this where they don't quit. And because they don't know what they're doing, we're probably never going to speak about the Knicks ever again, but it's nice that they had one week. And that they, they had one so game did. where they did really well with no players and Luke Cornette. Exactly. <laughs> now, let's go to a, another East game. Two teams that I think we're going to speak about quite a bit this season. Probably. The Washington Wizards, who I don't even know what the hell's going on. Well, trust me, they got some trades that we're going to talk about later. That might <laughs> they help. do. And the Boston Celtics, who we've already spoken about quite a bit, but hey, they're like, you know, fifth in the West, uh, in the East. East. They, they should make finals against the Raptors. They're a good team. Now, this game was neck and neck the whole game. I mean, I think the, the biggest score and like difference in the game, the lead was like maybe five or six. It was, yep. it was a very, very close game. Now, Bill misses... Two three throw. He misses the second free throw at the end of the game. Yeah. Gets his own rebound. Scores a layup. Goes into overtime. Oh wow! How, how many seconds were left on this one? I think there was about it was about eight. So Kyrie actually had a chance to to win the game. He misses the layup, but then they start overtime. Kyrie hits back to back threes, um, and that's all she wrote. Yep. Game finishes 125. Uh, Beal and Wall they miss a couple of threes to lose the game I know what a surprise now the game itself it was a close game it was a good game to watch but I want to speak Mm. more about these specific teams because if you look at Boston Celtics who they were missing they played without Al Horford Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown and they still scored like 119 points in in regular time time. this is a team that no one thought could score points so what's changed there well a couple of things. Besides the fact that Scary Terry is great and I always will love him, mm. Marcus Morris has been playing phenomenal, phen- absolutely phenomenally. 27 points against his brother in this game. Yep. In December alone, in the six games that he's played, he's been averaging 19.6 rebounds and two assists. Yep. That's huge. Yep. He's now their starting power forward. Yep. He's been very Jalen good. Rose is now on the bench. Not Jalen um, Rose. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is well retired. Jalen, Jalen Rose Brown. has come back out of retirement. He has, to, just to play with the team. And you know, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown are now on the bench. <laughs> you know, you're playing without Al, Al Horford. Aaron Baines played like six minutes. He was barely a factor in the game. And of course, Kyrie. Yeah. So the Boston Celtics still scored like 119 points without their four to six leading scorers uh, with a healthy team. That's scary. Mm. You know, but everyone always said this about them. They yeah. are scary when and they have their full roster. And they've found out that with Jalen Brown on the bench and Gordon Hayward on the bench, they're a better team. They lead that second unit. Their team is unstoppable. But you've got Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward on the bench. bench. And then you've got Jason Tatum, you know, Kyrie, Marcus Morris. Like, yes. it's, it's, a, it's a loaded team. And I, think, in I think without injuries, Al mm. back as well, this team should be unstoppable. And the way that they've made up, besides Kyrie, I'd say, yep. it's similar to to the Clippers. They've got a lot of mid-range players in the sense of, like, you know, Jalen Brown's not a superstar. He could be no. one day, not at the moment. Oh, you know, Al Horford is no longer a superstar. Could be, not but at the moment. he's very good. 
and Kyrie's their superstar, but like, you know, Clippers are all just mid-range players. And these are these are players that can play. They can defend. You know, Boston's got mm. one of the best defensive records. Mm. And now they can start playing and they can play offense now. I think part of the reason they started the season so slow is that they had to figure out their starting five. They had no idea. They had no idea. They you had missing Gordon Hayward. coming back. Yeah, and, and Kyrie. And Kyrie. And so what you really had to do was, well, not everyone can have the ball in their hand. So I think changing up the, the rotation, it's putting good. someone like a Marcus Smart in there just for defensive, to help out Kyrie, yeah, in the starting has, has worked very well. And yeah. he doesn't clog your offense in the, on the bench unit. He doesn't shoot. Exactly. <laughs> And then Marcus Morris works. Yeah. Works better than Gordon. And you know what? There. I think they'll keep on tinkering with it until the end of the season. But it's working. I, I, and that's fine. And, you know, I think that's great. I think it's working now, but it could improve. Now, Wizards. Let's speak about the Washington Wizards. Do we have to? John Wall went nuts. He had 34-11. and 11. He's had a, a great season. Been putting up great numbers. Have on my fantasy team. Absolutely love him. Jeff Green was just nuts in the game. 22-10, 63% shooting. Kelly Oubre had 20. Bill had 22 you look at that and you say, that is a good team. Mm. Offensively efficient. Defense, let's not speak about that. But hey, offensively, skill. great. But they're 11 and 17. Right? They're only two good wins, besides terrible teams that the other nine wins have come from, were against the Pelicans in Houston, both of which have been playing pretty trash for this year. Yeah. Not great I mean, either of them. I mean, they the Blazers as well, but let's... let's... What? Wizards? Yeah. When? early in the season oh it doesn't count yeah. I'm saying they haven't had a lot of recently, good wins recently they haven't had a lot of good wins and look this team tried to unclutter their locker room they got rid of Gortat bought in Dwight Howard who's been injured the whole season and God knows what's happening with mm-hmm. him nothing good mm-hmm. with his butt surgeries and all, the, all those things like I've had butt surgery and I reckon I can play better than <laughs> Dwight Howard okay now the locker room is trash but, but what is happening to this team John Wall and Bradley Beal just aren't friends. They don't get along. Their, their chemistry is completely off. People have been saying, look, they, they lack motivation. Their defense is absolutely Trash. terrible. Trash. You know, they, the chemistry is just completely off. But if you look at the team, you know what it reminds me of? What? It reminds me of the Toronto Raptors. In what regard? Besides the chemistry. In what In the regard? sense that they've got, on paper, good team. Mm. But this team, it's not making it to the finals. Yeah. Hell, at this point, they're not even making it to the playoffs. They need to do what Toronto did. They need to go all out. Get rid of John Wall or get rid of Bradley Beal. Put them on the training lot. Shake the whole thing up. Mm. I think when you speak about trades, you'll speak a little bit about you know, what they've tried to do to change it up a bit. I'm sorry. You've got to gut the team. It's well, done. Well, the problem is, yes. John Wall is going to be on a huge contract. Yeah, so you can't get rid of John Wall. Unless you're putting picks in there. And if you're rebuilding, I don't know why you're doing no. that. So you can't get rid of John Wall. That means you're getting rid of Bradley Beal. Whatever you're going to get back for Bradley Beal isn't going to be the same as a Bradley Beal. But that's fine. Because you don't need a Bradley Beal. You need someone that has chemistry with John Wall. John mm. Wall is a superstar. Yeah, Bradley Beal is a superstar. They do not work together. If you have two superstars in a team, you should be winning games. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans and Houston Rockets have two superstars. Maybe three for Houston, but we won't go there. Yeah. Maybe three for Pels if you can include Julius Randle. But let's, let's not do that. Look, I think, I think they need to trade Beal. I think you've got to keep John Wall because no one's going to take in that contract. Trade uh, Bill and Bill. Otto Porter. Otto Porter, I also don't think you're going to be able to move him. That contract's pretty big. That contract is insane. Bradley Bill, John Wall, and Otto Porter have huge contracts, but people might take Bradley Bill. You could shake, you could shake up your, your bench, get rid of Austin Rivers, but like really, Which at the end of the day... Did. Oh, in the recent trade. That's what we're going to talk about. I don't even know that. But look, I don't we'll think talk it's going to we'll I don't think it's gonna make it. that much of a difference. I think if Wizards want to play this season, and I think they should be trying to play and not tanking because they've got a good team... 
you've got to shake up the whole thing. Mm. Get rid of Bradley Beal. Wow. You so, heard it here first. You heard it here. I mean, you've heard it quite around. Like, Stephen A. Smith has been saying this for months. Yeah, but look, we're not on that bandwagon. We're, we're, not. we're creating our we're, own. We're doing memories. it ourselves. Now, let's get to the headlines of the week. We've spoken a lot, enough about trash Washington Wizards. <laughs> oh, are, no, no. We're going to speak about them oh, a little God bit more, damn it. All right. What are we speaking about? What are the trades? Because there's been quite a few that has happened yeah, so this I, season. I think I'm going to do a segment for headlines of the week, as in trade season, because it's really started off with some okay. interesting trades. It's been nuts. I mean, yeah. Trevor Reza just the other day. Well, we'll get yeah, there. We'll get we'll there. there. Harry, please. So the first trade we're going to start with, which is one that's going to, we're going to start off easy and then go to the the one that I just don't know what to think. Yeah. Um, I hope the the easiest one is is Delhi, and I hope we're going to spend a long time speaking about Delhi. We are going to speak. A long oh, time thank about God, because I know our listeners want to hear about Matthew Delavidova. I, I know they do. And how the Cleveland Cavaliers went like three and one since he's been traded. Oh, he's a great. He's we'll great get there. He's we'll a fan get favorite. there. Okay. The first trade we're going to talk about is Cleveland trading away Kyle Korver for Alec Burks and two second round picks from Utah. See, this was a weird deal for me. For me, both teams win. And I'll tell you why. Okay, tell me why. I like these kinds of trades because everyone walks away happy. What Cleveland are doing right now, they need to rebuild. What do you need to do? Stockpile, get draft picks. You do. And you got Wait, wait, wait. I think they can build a team around Jordan Clarkson. You know? But they haven't traded Jordan Clarkson. No. They traded Kyle Corbett. He's 37 years old. Yes, he's a sharpshooter. But he doesn't feel a rebuilding timeline. And no. also, they made a promise to him, we will trade you once LeBron leaves. Yeah. LeBron's left. They needed to trade him. Getting two second round picks for him? It's not bad. What? Not bad. Not a bad. And Alec Burks is actually not that bad off the bench. He's played some good games for Utah. Really good games. Yeah, and now he's starting. Like, he's been in the starting team for Cleveland. Yeah. He's a decent play. He's averaged, he averaged about 8.4 points in 15 minutes per game for Utah. Was one of their best. He was probably their second best three point shooter behind Joe Ingles. Um, but he is scheduled to be a free agent. This for them that's was. okay. Which is fine. They don't. Essentially, they, get, about they get two second round two picks. Two second round picks for Korver. Um, why is Utah happy? They're in a win-now mode. They they're, they're not going to be able to get free agents, I'm sorry, don't want to go to Utah. But what you're going to do is you're going to get trades like this where they get a sharpshooter and one of the best shooters in the NBA. And they need that offense. Their offense has been Their awful bench offense has been trash. Yeah. So what you're getting is Kyle Korver who shoots 43% from three. Mm-hmm. For two second-round picks where, again, how good are they going to be? Who knows? And Alec Burks was going to leave anyway. So really, you're getting Korver in. He's under contract this year. He's under contract next year. You know what? And, he's and, also, a, and a good contract. Like also seven and a half mil. Also a bit of veteran leadership as well, yep. which is always nice, especially because they don't have that many veterans in their team. No, exactly. I think it's a good trade. I, look, I think it's a good trade. I think it's real insight that, you know, Cleveland is going to be doing a lot of trading this year. I would say as much as they did last year when LeBron was on the team, but this time it's for a tanking it's to get reasons. Picks. And that I think that takes us to the next, the next, next trade. trade. So, the next trade. And, and this one, you know what? Again... I can see the benefits for all the teams except the Wizards. Um, <laughs> Cleveland received John Henson, yep. Matthew Della Vadova, a 2021 first round pick with protections and most likely not to convey in 2021. Um, 2021 and 2022 second round picks from Milwaukee. Milwaukee received George Hill, Jason Smith and a 2021 second round pick from the Wizards and the Wizards got Sam Deck. I don't understand this trade. for the. Why did the Wizards do this? <laughs> <laughs> like it's a good question. It's just dumb. So, how do I interpret all of this? Milwaukee won. Uh, Milwaukee yes. is the winner in this trade. Well, I don't agree with that, but yeah. Milwaukee won. I, I think if you're going to rank it, Milwaukee won, Cleveland two, Wizards three. I would say Milwaukee and Cleveland are pretty on par. When, with the fact that like George Hill has not been playing pretty much at all this season. Mm. And also, I think Matthew Dellavedova is good for the locker room. Yeah, so and Cleveland loves it. Like yeah. as an organization, he's going to get bums on seats. Yes, sorry, 
Yeah, maybe. Ah, look, I, I said Cleveland, okay. Okay. Mil- win for Milwaukee. Why is it a min- mil- win for Milwaukee? Salary dump. So basically, they got an upgrade, and they got an upgrade at their point guard position. No offense to Delhi. No, George Hill. A backup point guard is definitely Delhi. Although Eric Budzo has not been having a great season, but that's fine. They lost Delhi and Hen- losing Delhi and Henson saves Milwaukee about twenty million salary for twenty nineteen. You were know both what they could afford with that? Uh, keeping all their their current team. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, and given they picked up Jason Smith's expiring contract. Um, and Hill is only guaranteed one mil in his contract in 2019. So basically, you've created a whole lot of cap, cap space. They'll have about 60 mil in salary now for 2019, basically to retain Middleton, Bledsoe, Brogdon, and Lopez, who are all out of contract this summer. They're not keeping all of them with that much money. Maybe not, but no, it gives but them a chance. At least three of the four is not so bad. Exactly, they have a chance. George Hill at the moment helps them win. Why? He's a point guard who has been a 38% three-point shooter. Not bad. Which is good. And a decent defender. He's got a 6-9 win span. He can defend 1-3, to three, basically. Yeah, he's. I think George Hill is known for his defense more than anything else. He'll play backup point guard. He has been injured, which is part of the reason why we probably haven't seen the production from him in the last couple of years. But he's going to be on the bench. He's not going to play huge minutes. He'll back up Brogdon and, and uh, Bledsoe. Great. Jason Smith, to be honest, is a meh. The reason they did this one was basically to get that twenty that second-round pick, pick. From, from Wizards. Yeah, that's fine. He'll, he'll probably be waived. At some point. Maybe. He's got an expiring contract yeah, anyway. Yeah, they might just leave him on the bench. He won't do anything. It's either him or Thon Maker now to back up. Yeah, um, I mean, neither of them are really in rotation, but... Well, they have to be now. They don't have a backup centre. Henson yeah, was the backup centre. so then they'll center. do Thon. They'll do Thon. Thon will probably back up centre. If Thon starts playing like trash, Jason Smith will okay. be there. So, for them, that's good. Yeah. I, I understand that. They did give up a, t- a first-round pick, but it's got heavily protected. Yeah, and I think that's, that's why it's good for... Mil, uh, for Cleveland. That's why it's okay for Cleveland. You've got the first round pick. That's protected. That's protected. So Delhi back as well. John Henson is not going to be playing. John Henson, they don't need John Henson. But it's fine. They, they have a lot of salary. Exactly. So the thing is, Cleveland got a first rounder that they need first rounders. And they get back Delhi, who we're saying is a fan favorite. Yeah. To be honest, for the Boomers, this was a great trade for the Boomers. Because now Thon is going to play minutes and Delivadova is going to play minutes. Yeah, it's, good. it's a That's good move for, for everyone. Um, given they don't, they're not ready to compete. Losing twenty mil of cap space in twenty nineteen is not a big deal. They've got till twenty twenty one before they can even contemplate. Yes, competing exactly. So they don't really care about that. And also, to be fair, these deals will be now expiring contracts next year. That's true. Which they can trade for more assets. So for them, they that that's good for them. For the Wizards, I want to get on the Wizards. It's a meh. Let's uh, let's just go straight into the Wizards. All their trades. So this is the first one. This is the first one. Decker is younger than Smith and plays sem- uh, small forward. When you have Ubre, you're like, why do they need him? Now this kind of makes a little bit more sense. Now, mate, so they obviously had a, a whole bunch of things in. They had things in order. In their minds. So he could see more minutes now, but to be honest, Decker hasn't really shown that much in the NBA. He's had injuries. He's currently injured. He averaged about six points, four rebounds, shot 39% from three, but he's only played nine games this year for Clemson. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been great this year at all or in his career. I don't think he's someone you go home to speak about to your mum. No. no. Again, he's going to be a restricted free agent this year. Meh. Yeah, it's and you a gave big up. Meh. A, you gave up a second round pick. It's a big meh, but it makes more sense when you have this the last trade. trade. This trade is probably one of the weirdest trades I've ever seen in my entire life. You know what? I was thinking about who who won this trade. And Wait, I what's the trade? The trade is the yeah. Suns receive Kelly Oubre Jr. and Austin Rivers, and the Wizards receive Trevor. He's Arisa. back, back playing for the Wizards. He played uh, well for the Wizards. Can I just back say? In the day, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. So. Why this one's weird? It got weird from the fact that this almost involved Memphis. Yeah. That was that was I think weird. To me, that was the weirdest part of the deal. 
uh, for those that don't know playing at home, yes. the deal was going to also include Memphis and, and, and Dylan. And no, no, no. And a Brooks. And a Brooks. Sorry. Sorry. A Brooks, Brooks was meant That's to go I'm to the Dylan. Suns. Yeah. And Oubre was meant to go to Memphis. Yeah. But they, they couldn't agree. Brooks. They got their Brooks mixed up. Marshawn, who played for the Lakers and played quite well for the end of last season for Memphis. So Memphis has two Brooks, Marshawn yeah. and, and Dylan. Dylan. And Dylan, they want to keep. He's younger he and is they want to keep. And Marshawn is old and they're he like... used to not be in the NBA. Exactly. So Memphis thought they were sending out Marshawn to Suns. Suns thought they were getting Dylan. Apparently they all went through the Wizards. The Wizards miscommunicated. So Memphis, Aye, what a mess. Exactly. What a mess. So the deal died for a day and then it came back where the Wizards said, stuff Memphis... We just, just take Oubre, anyway. we'll, we'll do it anyway, um, and you get Austin, and we'll get Trevor Ariza. <sighs> okay, to summarise, I think Suns probably win this trade. They do. And where do I come from this? For the Wizards, I kind of get the benefit. I, I, I kind of see it. Ariza previously played for this team. He's 33, he's a leader, went to conference finals last year. I don't know if you know this, but he, he can play defense he can play as defense. well, which is something that the Wizards don't really have. Exactly. Given, But he's only on a one-year deal. He's only likely to be a rental. And really what this reeks is, we're desperate to make playoffs. We need... Well, if you look at the team, if this team doesn't make playoffs, you can say bye to Scott Brooks. Yes. He, he's done. Yes. He's very there done. There was a Scott Brooks joke in this whole Memphis deal. Oh, like, yeah. Wizards should just throw in Scott Brooks because yeah. he's a Brooks. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> good one. That was good. I like that one. Um... Ariza was also desperate to get out of Phoenix, so that yeah, kind of helped him. he was not him. enjoying that. No. And they sucked. And also, I don't know why TJ Warren is still there, but... He's a good player. Yeah, he's a um, good player. Either way, to be honest, the Wizards were never going to pay for Oubre. Oubre is going to be a restricted free agent, for those of you who don't know, at the end of his contract this year. Mm-hmm. They couldn't afford to pay him. He was yep. probably going to get a bigger deal than the Wizards could afford. So what they're doing is they basically say, we couldn't afford to get Oubre, so we might as well send him out. And Austin Rivers has been just trash. For the he's Wizards. been absolutely terrible. So, he should just play for his daddy again and just move on. Although he's a lovely person. Did speak to him a couple of years ago. Uh, but I think he'll actually play better. In the Suns. Well, the he's going to get more minutes. And well, he's probably, exactly. He might even start. Especially as Devin Booker's out. He'll probably start. Devin and, Booker's back. He played, oh, is he back? He played a couple of days ago. Oh, there you go. You would know. He's on your fantasy exactly team. Exactly right. Um, so really, what the Wizards... Got an old one-year Ariza who may stay, probably won't stay in Washington, but he probably helps them win now. But we'll see. To be honest, I, I, the, yeah. we need to the, this one get, need to give him a bit more time to see whether this is. A good I deal. think it won't help them at all, but I think the Suns it helps a little bit. Well, this is the thing for the just to finish on the Wizards one. Mm. Ubre, you didn't really get much for Ubre, and he like as much as he's going to be a restricted free, you didn't even get a pick or anything from him. That's true, and he's he's been averaging quite well as well this season. Yeah. So I think it's a poor move by the Wizards, but also the Wizards are just like, who knows what they're doing. They're just, they're just trying anything and everything to try and make it work. Exactly. Trying to keep their head above water, as you would say. Will's doing this motion of like swimming. Swimming. I was trying to like... Breaststroke, in fact. Breaststroke. Yeah, I'm just breaststroking Um, here. For the Suns. Yeah. They finally got a point guard. There we go. Uh, it's Austin Rivers, but he's a point guard. And look, he didn't play terribly when he was with the Clippers, when he was starting point guard, when he took over from Patrick Beverly. Not terrible. Average 15 points per game and four assists last year. Not bad. Not this year, but Not last year. Still. But still. He hasn't he, really he, had a chance to play this year with a terrible Wizards team. So. He was playing off the bench like maybe the Wizards was just a bad fit for him. Again, he's on an expiring deal. We'll probably leave Phoenix after this year unless he's been good. Probably won't be that good. But he's at least a starting... He will probably start, get the yeah. minutes. He'll be okay. I think the win for the Suns comes in Ubre Because in Ubre they get a small forward who is probably better than Josh Jackson, in my opinion, um, who has shown this year that he's averaged 13 points a game, five rebounds, and a steal a game, and he'll be a restricted free agent. So really, 
you either lose Ariza for nothing or you get Ubre who they have the control over because he's a restricted free yeah. agent. And look, they're probably not going to pay him in the offseason. Ariza or Ubre? Ubre. Well, if he's good, they they get the right to yeah, match him. They've got deal. the option too. I would be I'd be surprised if they kept him. I mean, Devin Booker said he wanted a win now. You know, he's he's a bit over not making playoffs. Yeah, I think which is fair enough. after signing signing a five year deal, he might yeah, even if Kelly Ubre plays well, I think they'll want a superstar. Yeah. Well, Ubre, I mean, again, they could maybe flip him again. I think he's young enough, and if he, if he shows something in Phoenix, maybe he stays a bit longer. Yeah. Um, I think it's a gamble. The thing I probably don't like for Phoenix is the fact, again, you didn't get a pick for a reason. Yeah, there was enough of a picks. market there that you probably could have gone a first-rounder. Well, a market not for LA, in fairness. Uh, the Suns were very clear they did not want to trade with LA for um, Ariza. We which... already stole Chandler from them. They weren't going to give you yeah, another one. Ariza's so... I love Ariza. He's my favourite player from the Lakers uh, 09. Well, maybe just get him from Wizards. Yeah, maybe one day. But, yeah, look, I agree. They could have gotten a pick for it. I think it would have been better for them because I still don't think they're making playoffs this season. Oh, no, not no. even slightly. Phoenix, Phoenix. So they need, they need to tank a bit more this season and the next season start fresh. Well, Ubre is like young player. That's so, true. again, maybe that's the real prize. Suns... Look, it's a make-or-miss league. It's as simple as that, you know? <laughs> this is a mere trade. I kind of want to see what happens. Yeah, so we'll that. see how it plays out. Now, we have a couple of special guests on the show. Before, we've just got one special guest that we want to speak to. We'll speak to a couple, and then we'll do our other headline for the week, and then we'll come back with our final two guests, just to, to vary it up of a little course. bit. So we've got JaVale McGee speaking a little bit about how the Lakers have changed. Um, so let's have, a, let's have a chat with JaVale and see what he has to say. We'll figure it out. Defensively, we got extreme. We, we've gotten so much better defensively, uh, especially as a unit. Um, I feel like everybody, I feel like this is the reason my blocks have been going down too, because everybody's guarding their man well. It's not a good thing for me, but, you know, as a team, we're getting wins and we're playing great defense. Thanks, JaVale. Thanks, JaVale. What a guy. Now, another guy that I spoke to that I was really excited to speak to is an Aussie superstar, Dante Exum, who's been playing very well for the Utah Jazz. So I spoke to him about, like, you know, how does he feel about the Boomers next year playing against USA? And this is what he had to say about thinking about our beloved Boomers. Mm. Uh, one big thing for our listeners at home is next year the Boomers are playing against USA. Of course, you're going to be hopefully on the Boomers team, I'd like to think. Um, are you excited for that game? Like, how are you feeling? Obviously, it's quite late next year. You're probably not thinking about it right now. But Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's this year. It's this year. Oh, no, next year. It's, yeah, I don't even know where. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We've been on the road so much. Um, no, uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be you know, a really good opportunity just for Australian basketball to grow. And, um, you know, I think we have a good team going into it. You know, granted, everyone's healthy. And, you know we can we can uh, you know have a good crack at them. Um, you know I'm extremely excited just to play back in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, you know it's been a while since I played there. Um, but, you know I think it's going to be you know it's going to be it's going to be huge. Uh, yeah. You know just the team that we have and um, you know the excitement of basketball that's growing in Australia right now. I know yeah. it's going to be a packed stadium and um, you know I know they're going to be cheering for us to beat them. Yeah, definitely. And now obviously not in the immediate future but maybe 10 15 years can we see you maybe playing in in Melbourne in the NBL again? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a that's a long time. Uh, you know I'm just I'm just trying to take care of you know myself <laughs> right now and you know focus on that. I'll once the, the that road crosses me I'll you know have a think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much glad to hear that you're not injured this season as well which is great to see yeah thank you thanks Dante. Uh, I love the boomers I love the boomers and I think he's excited for next year I mean finally USA is coming to Australia to oh, have a, and we'll a be huge there. we'll be there we'll be covering it for you yes hopefully <laughs> we'll see how we go um, but let's talk about our other headline we'll got some more interviews staying up but let's what's our other headline for this week to be Just fair this, really is gonna, this is gonna be a quick one that's fine um, but I, I need to talk about the Chicago Bulls I need Do to it. vent a little bit 
I think in our pre-season preview, I think we said that Hoidberg would get fired. We did. And he got fired. What a surprise, because their team is absolute filth when you have Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing and Chris Dunn, who are all great players. <laughs> I'm so angry about it. Like, Laurie Marketin should be on a playoff team. Chris Dunn is a good player. Well, Zach Chris Levine... Dunn, he's been injured. Yeah, okay, Laurie's fine. Laurie's been injured. But Zach Levine can't defend fine. But he's an offensive dynamite. Yeah. Look... They had injuries. I, I don't really so get firing, but I don't get about firing him now. They've yeah, never given him. A, they've never given him a good team. Like this team had a lot of injuries at the start. They tried the Jabari Parker at the three sort of situation that and failed. Now, now he's going to be traded because he can't play for could shit. Could be could be traded. Fell out of the rotation. Look, can I just say I? You'll hear about this soon. So this is yes. a great segue. I did speak to Danny Green a little bit about defense and what Jabari Parker said. So, you know, Jabari Parker doesn't play defense and he can't play offense. And they also have too many power forwards. They do. When with Markin and Bobby Portis, there's a reason he fell out of the rotation. And both are better than him. And he's getting paid twenty mil. This year. It was the dumbest deal. That was a stupid deal for them. Even Zach Levine, you could have done for, you know, 12 million. Would have been a better deal. Yeah, well, they had to match Sacramento's deal. Yeah. But with Jabari Parker, to be fair, he's only on a one-year 20 mil deal and then he's a team option. So they kind of could get away from him if they wanted to. But the other part is, this new coach, Jim Boylan, no one likes him. Mm. He's a hard-ass. So what you've done is you've fired a coach that people actually liked. You've got Jabari Parker on a hefty deal that doesn't even play anymore. Yeah. And now you've got a coach that they had they, they, they skipped a training for because they think he was too high. They, he makes them do like push-ups oh, and stuff. I mean, in fairness, they only lost by 56 points, which is a franchise worse. So I don't think it was that bad his like, second game as head coach. I know. That so, team, that locker room is, is cooked at the moment. They need a... Well, that's why they've got a hard-ass coach, which everyone backs. Even Greg Popovich backs him, because he is a former assistant of Greg Popovich. Everyone's a former assistant of Greg, Greg Popovich. Popovich. Popovich did say when they beat the Spurs, lost the Bulls. This that's true, by so five points. He, Popovich did say he knows what it takes to win, when, except when he loses by 56. Yeah, and that's true. I think, look, this team should be better than it currently is. But I think also, given another year, this team could be good. They've got developing young players. They're going to have a lot of Wendell picks. Wendell Carter Jr., Yep. Rory Markkinen, there's your four and five. You got Levine at the two. What you need is a one, you need a good point guard, and a small four. I think Chris Dunn is, is quite good. I think he had a stellar season last year. I think it was very underrated. If he's not injured, he will have a good year this year. He just needs to not be injured. Yeah, That's well, his issue. They, he gets they, injured all the time. He broke his tooth last year and was out for half the season. Look, it's fine for the Bulls to tank. It's fine for the Bulls. They will tank this year, but I think give them a couple of years. They're a good young team. They could be something. But look look out for the Bulls because I think they've been a little bit of a cluster in the last month. Uh, they could just, win a, a string of games and you wouldn't be that surprised. No. It's very possible. I think they are what the Wolves were a couple of years ago. Yes. You know, with Andrew Wiggins developing and, and Carl Anthony Towns, Towns developing. Yeah. This is what the Bulls are now. Give them a couple of years I think they could sneak into 8th place in the playoffs yep that's what I think in a couple of years now speaking about Jabari Parker we did speak uh, to Danny Danny Green about defence the importance of defence and that transition from uh, from of course the Spurs to Toronto so let's have a chat with him see what he has to say about all those things your defence was quite crucial to the game Uh, is that something you've been working on more obviously defence has been big in your career so far Mm -hmm. I mean we all that's the biggest thing that's going to win championships you don't say it for no reason because a lot of times shooting is not going to happen you're not going to make shots you'll win the game you're playing good defence yeah I mean Jabari Barker says otherwise about that does he? yeah Um, and the the switch between uh, the Spurs to Mm -hmm. Toronto how have you felt in this new system? Felt pretty good, man. Uh, you know, we get up and down. We get some good looks. We're, we're having fun. We're playing good basketball. We have some moments and spurts where we're, you know, it gets stagnant. But 
for the most part, we're making good strides and, and uh, learning each other, and the chemistry is just getting better. Yeah, and we have to ask for our Australian listeners, who's your favourite Australian player in the in the league? Paddy Mills, man. That's exactly that's exactly you what I like to hear. Coming, yeah, I knew it was coming. Aaron Baines anyway. number two, so you know. Yeah. You it's because he's a little doo bit on uh, his head. Yeah. Aaron Baines, my guy. Paddy, Paddy Mills number one, of course. Yeah, of Aaron course. Baines. Playing them back in the day. Thanks so much. I can't believe he's the forgotten piece in that trade. I know he had a great game as well when I when I spoke to him. I mean, not a phenomenal game, but he, he was important. He had a couple of clutch threes, which really won the Spurs again. Mm. Uh, not the Spurs, the Toronto Raptors Toronto the game Raptors against again. the Golden State Warriors. I think he's underrated. I think it's a very different team that he's with now, but I think it's good for Danny Green. He seemed like he was happy in the locker room. He's a good piece of that puzzle. He is as well. And our final interview, we spoke to the one and only Paddy Mills, speaking about the importance of leadership yep. in the Spurs, what it means to him, of course, with all the changing players, which we spoke a little bit about with Marcus Aldridge last, yep, last week. week. And this is what Paddy Mills had to say. Um, I think it's um, it's definitely challenged the... No, no, I shouldn't say challenge. It, it, it's shown um, how much importance the leadership needs to be um, in, in times like this. Of course, it's a new team and trying to get everyone on the same page, but that importance of, of leadership to, to understand where we're trying to be um, at the end of the, the season, come playoffs, and, and big picture, um, and understanding that it's games like these and it's games like the games that we're losing by 30, if we can learn from all of those and put them in the bank for... For, for at the end of the season, I mean that's what it's all about. But, but definitely leadership and, and understanding, you know, what we can do to keep this group together um, when times aren't going, you know, the way we want. We good to see him next year. Oh, he's such a leader of that team, and everything he had to say about leadership is spot on. He is the gun of that team. He is their true leader. I love Paddy Mills. This show loves Paddy Mills. We love everyone about it. Uh, but unfortunately. <laughs> This is the end of the 2018 Calling Bank. Yes. We'll be back next year with probably a, a wrap-up of Christmas, Boxing Day, all of the big the games. five games on ESPN on Boxing Day. It's going to be it huge. Uh, make sure to keep, keep up with our Twitter. We'll still be there at Calling Bank Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us this year, and we'll be back next year with Calling Bank. Thanks, guys. Did you call Bank?